Hello and welcome to episode 254 of the Punter Podcast. I'm Chris Barnett. There's grade 2 action at Kelso on Saturday, plus the more battle hurdle is also run there. The Greatwood Gold Cup features at Newbury and the Grimthorpe Handicap Chase is the feature up at Doncaster. City AM Racing Editor Bill Esdale previews the best of the weekend's racing action, plus Wally Pyra looks at Sunday's race meeting in Hong Kong. So, Bill, not long to go now till the festival at Cheltenham comes up. And, of course, the big news throughout the week was Constitution Hill and the way you ran at Kempton, that to media day. I know you went to see Nicky Henderson during the week. What's the latest in, in your eyes and what are the chances, do you think, that Constitution Hill is going to turn up at the festival this year? Yeah, it's 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 all a bit sad and depressing to be honest because he's he is the the star of the show particularly for, for, from an english point of view um last year's champion hurdle come hurdle winner coming to defend his crown or not uh he's up against it it's 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 all a bit bit depressing to be honest he i saw him last week and he was paraded in front of the media and he was, he looked amazing um they were happy with him and it just shows the fragility of horses and there he was, looking a shadow of, him for, of, of himself at Kempton, um, making a terrible noise um, when he kind of crossed the crossed the line. I thought I made bad noises when I went for exercise, but God Almighty, he made some terrible noises. Uh, and the one thing I would say, I, th- I think Nicky Henderson's communication has been unbelievably good. He gets a lot of stick, but they've updated more, a lot more than they've had to. Every other day, they've updated us on us. The, the, the latest update that came out on Thursday afternoon wasn't great. Um, you know, the, the scopes aren't suggesting uh well they are suggesting that there's an infection and he's going to have to be on antibiotics and it's a race against time um but you can get um you can get um horses back pretty quick uh you know these these things happen i mean um i was at a preview last night and henry de bromhead was there and he was mentioning that um he had a similar thing with moscado who won the um grand annual last year and he said he was out a week before he said they made terrible scope everything was crap and he told the owners he couldn't run and they put antibiotics in cleared him up and there he was he, he went, went and won so it can happen and constitution hill can get there so it's difficult to say he won't get there it's just not an ideal prep and you're in a situation where uh you've got state man getting better and better and closing the gap between the two and you're going to get an under slightly under the weather constitution hill if he gets there and it's is nicky henderson the kind of guy to chance his arm with one is 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 not quite right it wouldn't be for me i i I wouldn't fancy him to line up uh and i think he would be vulnerable if he did line up but it's it's just it's just a shame and um you know we obviously you know want to want to see our stars back and, and doing their thing do you think they'll roll the dice elsewhere then? Because they haven't really travelled him very far at all, have they? Well, I mean, he could go to Aintree. He probably wouldn't have gone to Aintree if he if he'd run at Cheltenham. So he'd probably wait for Aintree and go there. Mm. Um, you know, who, who who knows what they'll do? Um, I, my gut feel is they've been up against it all season with him. Uh, you know, he mentioned that he's got badly in October or the time and that held them up. So he's probably not been on his A game 
the thing about a horse like that is he can win not on his A game. Yeah. And you know, he probably didn't have to be on top form to win it win it um over Christmas. But he's he's you know, he's a he's he's a super talent and we just hope it is a little infection that isn't a bigger sinister thing with his wind. Have you ever seen an anti post market where the top two are both odds on? <laughs> I know it's amazing, isn't it? One to two, one to two, or whatever it was, yeah. or one to three, yeah, one to was, three. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's you know that's the dang, that's oh, that's the problem with non-runner no bet, isn't it? It takes all the kind of you know I, I know it helps punters, but it takes all the magic out of what used to be anti-post betting <laughs> because, um, yeah. and, and you know that that market was you suddenly had Lossy Mouth is she going to switch from the mares and you know is Bob Ollinger going to be supplemented? I mean, there were so many twists and turns. I mean, we're not at the supplementary stage yet. And you know, people got to remember that There's, the, the, we've got twists and turns to come up. You know, you know, Garlaw will be supplemented for the Ryanair, for example. There's going to be horses that come into these um, big races, and and you know, you've got you know, just just wait till we get near that five day stage next week. It'd be interesting to see if anyone parachutes into hmm. into the champion hurdle. I mean, there there aren't obvious stars on the side, but it'd be interesting to see. Well, and it's going to be a part of the news all the way through the week now, obviously on the, the racing front. And we hope he gets there and we hope he's in pretty good form and uh, makes a, a good race of it. So we wish him all the best and uh, look forward to more updates coming from Seven Barrows. As you say, they've been sending quite a few out recently uh, and, and well done to them for that. Now, we had a nice shower of rain yesterday. The dog came out from his walk. He was absolutely filthy. Another rain shower coming through today. So this weekend, we've got Kelso, Doncaster, and Newbury. What's uh, the weather going to do and what kind of ground we're going to get? I think Doncaster's going to be quite good, but you, you were saying Newbury's not looking great. Starting off at, at Kelso, they're calling it, this is Friday morning, we're calling this, they're calling it good to soft. Um, they said that both both tracks have been verta-drained and um, <laughs> they've got frost there, they've got frost sheets down. Um, yeah. So so that's that's their, their, they've got a kind of light frost there, but there's rain around um, today. Uh, we're possibly up to six mils. So I just imagine that will go to soft, good to soft in places, or if not soft on its own. So Kelso have got no problems. As uh, Same with Doncaster. You know, they're good to soft, soft in places. There's rain around there, rain and sleet. Um, we've got to forget, not, not to forget that it's kind of up north. It's obviously there's a bit more... Um, snow and ice around those those parts of the world so you're going to get frost but they've got light rain showers on saturday so again i'd imagine they'll be nearer the soft side and maybe good to soft patches um the hurdle course is already on the soft side at donny um but but newbury's the worry because they're on the chase course they're heavy soft in places this morning friday morning they're heavy on the hurdle course it's pouring rain as we speak uh they had seven mils yesterday um they had six and a half mils this morning up until us recording this around 10 a.m and they're due another three or four mils before racing starts um this morning uh the issue is tomorrow morning um because they've got a total through to racing of between three and eight i'd say if they get the three they're fine if they get the eight they might not be um George Hill, this clerk of the course there, has on the BHA side, has written everything in small caps, bar bar the last four or just the last five words, which are will continue to monitor conditions in bold oh, and, yeah. and upper caps, which to yeah. me screams of if they get the eight, then we might be in inspection territory, particularly because they're yeah. racing there today and they'll be chewed up. So just you've got to keep watch the space at, at Newbury and we'll have to see. Okay. 
Well, we've got racing at Kelso, Doncaster and Newbury on the TV this weekend. Uh, let's start off with Kelso and the 142 is their first of the day. Two mile, five furlong handicap hurdle, field of nine. It's a fury one last time for John Joe O'Neill in the Gay Smith colours. One by two lengths of Wincanton. Serious operator is in there. Winner two starts to go at Donny for Lucinda Russell. And we've got the likes of Pentland Hills in there as well for Nikki Henderson and the, the Kaluki kid for Nikki Richards. How did you see the opener at Kelso? Trappy, trappy little contest here. It's a Fury is favourite, a horse that um, chased home rare edition of when we won our bumper first ever, ever time at, uh, back in southern April. So also know well, he, he kind of bounced back to form last time um, to, to win a handicap at, at Wincanton. Uh, he's gone up five pounds, so life a bit tougher, but he seems to be in better form and probably deserves to be favourite. Um, I like Serious Operator here. Uh, I was at Kempton when uh, that, one was was fifth um, in the Lanzarote hurdle. Uh, didn't have the smoothest of passages. There was a bit of a kind of melee in the in, in the home turn when um, Marco Gold fell and brought down Wonderwall. And, and Serious Operator was kind of weaving his way through at the at the time and didn't have the smoothest of runs. Um, yeah, he 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 kept on. He ran all the way to the line, and fun enough, he he lost his shoe as well. So um, that was a good run off off of this mark of one two six in a much better race. So here he is in over the same trip in slightly calmer waters. So he he would do for me with the Lucinda Russell team in good form and and Patrick Wodge taking. Um, you know, the kind of three pounds off. Um, the, the Kaluki kid was the obvious one. His price has contracted a week. He was double figures and he's now fives. So There's <laughs> two good novice hurdle wins. Um, and then he was obviously involved in that Jericoda Repone race, which where the form was boosted with lump sum and fiercely proud last weekend. Mm. And he was a horse to finish fourth. So the step up in trip will probably suit him. Um, he's an interesting novice, but the kind of juice has gone out of his price. He's the same, same price as serious operator now, but I just like the experience of serious operator. So, um, bit of a coin toss between the pair. I'm going to land on Serious Operator, and you can watch the Kaluki kid win. That's what happens in this game. But no, Serious Serious Operator would get my vote. I think he is a winner waiting to happen. Two seventeen is the second race there. Two miles and two for a, a novice's hurdle. It's a Grade Two field of twelve, and Django Bay's in this one for Nicky Henderson. This is a horse that was one of the next comings from the Seven Barrows Yard. Won a couple of races at Ascot and Aintree. And then got beat at Huntingdon when sent off the favourite. Got beat by handstands on that occasion. Nico de Boinville goes to Kelso to ride. Is he going to be back on a winning streak here? I mean, he's not done an awful lot wrong. And he got beat a length and a half last time out. But I think he was expected to win that Huntingdon race. Yeah, I mean... Um... This is a really important horse race. This, this for me, is the most important race of the weekend because we're going to learn a lot about the welfare of the Nicky Henderson string. Now, simmering under the surface behind all the Constitution Hill issues um, from this week is the form of the yard. Now, in the last week to 10 days or, or since the 21st of Feb, so a bit longer than that, um, the Seven Barrows team have only sent out the eight runners and they've returned form figures of PP, P3, PP, P5. So the P's are horses just not finishing off their races. And here he is sending two, I wouldn't say stable stars, but they're definitely in the in the A team. They're not, not in the B's. And they are good horses going up there to try and land decent pots. And 
they've got to finish off their races. So we're talking about Django by um, in this race, the, the, the grade two hurdle. And then we're going to be talking a bit, in a bit about under control, his favorite for the more battle. If these horses don't finish off their races, there is a problem at seven barrows. And, and that is not ideal, you know, a week or so in advance of a week and a half in, in advance of the Cheltenham Festival. But Django by, like you say, really nice horse, bit headstrong, We'll need to settle. Um, this drops drops back in trip a, a, a smidge to two two, which is probably ideal. Um, you know, don't forget this horse on the Grade One at Aintree, so beating Favour and Fortune and, and and some good horses in there. <laughs> Tell her her name was pulled up and found Glory fell, but it's still a Grade One victory. You don't win them, they don't give them away for free. Um, and they previously beaten Tell her name. Tell her the name at Ascot, you know, um, a horse that Ben Pauling really rates and goes to Supreme. So Django Bai is just a horse that should be suited by the trip. Uh, ground should be no issue. Serious player. But there is the doubt there with a penalty. There is a doubt in the form of the stable. You can't possibly, in my eye, back this horse at kind of seven or four, six to four, whatever Django Bai will be, be it, come the off. Um, personal ambition was the one that, that caught my eye. Ben Pauling's horses have been in just unbelievable form um you can forgive one bad run at sandown on very bad ground on heavy ground and in between that there's a, a really impressive win at doncaster last time and before that an even more impressive win uh, where he beat another really good henderson horse called jinko blue um who heads probably to the to the bearing bingham at cheltenham so personal ambition is a horse i think it's just overpriced uh trappy contest but you know, you can get six to one personal ambition with best six, three, six, five, and a few others. I think that's a rock solid each way prize four places. Um, I just think that's the bet against Django by. And at 250, it is the more battle hurdle over two miles and a big field here, 18. You mentioned under control, who's had a wind up two starts ago. She was supposed to go to Newbury into the, the Betfair hurdle. And, and Nicky spoke about her, in his press days, media day on, on Zoom during the week before that, and we, I spoke to him about her as well. But she didn't go due to the ground in the end. She's going to get better ground at Kelso, uh, but she's going to go off around about four to one. Well, she's at the moment anyway. Taking on a Black Hawk Eagle from Kerry Lee and Sky Cutter from Dan Skelton, who's had a pretty good uh, weekend here and there over the past few weeks. Bingu goes in there as well. So she's going to get the ground, but it's the stable form, isn't it? And as you say, I mean, how many times has Nicky Henderson had so many horses pulled up in a row? That's got to be years ago, hasn't it? Yeah, it's 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 definitely a, a, a kind of form blip. He'd be looking to reverse under control. Second run back after the wind up. Um, definitely well handicapped, rated 138. And there's one piece of form that she has, which is obviously when she beat Iberico Lord uh, back at the end of the last season. Um, two wind ops since then. Wouldn't be ideal for me. Um, look, she's probably really well handicapped. And by really well handicapped, she's probably a 150 horse. Um, she's not a million miles off Iberico Lord, who who is now that proven um, 150 horse. I mean, Iberico Lord is now rated, I think, 143. Um, but, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're in the territory where under control is, Definitely well handicapped, and that was a much better run last time um, behind Astro Diamond. Uh, very short considering stable form. This is a, a real tough contest. It'd be interesting to see how 
she gets on. There is a £100,000 bonus for winning here, this, and then going on and winning any race at the Cheltenham Festival. So that's obviously been on the radar for the team, for the JP team to go and try and win this and then go and win the county or whatever race she goes for, probably the county. If she wins this, she'll be favourite for the county. Um, but I couldn't possibly back her for the exact copy and paste reasons for before over the Henderson team. Um, Blackhawk Eagle is the obvious one, but the big prices, the eights and nines has disappeared and dried up, you know, nine to two now, um, horse that won at Hereford last time um, pretty easily. Um, it's gone up six pounds for that. Probably still ahead of the handicapper, but this is this is, this is is tougher. Um, I, I would probably shoot a bit further down the market. I thought the skeleton horse was probably the one I'd like to be with. Sky Cutter here, uh, 15 to two with William Hill. Uh, Zoom's a fair enough pl- pr- price kind of um, with, with the extra places on offer that, you know, they're paying six places, William Hill, as are a few firms. <laughs> Sky's got to 15 to two, uh, six places. is just looks a rock solid um, bet. This is a horse that um, the Skeletons uh, took off Phil Kirby and a couple of belowish par runs, but just everything seemed to click on rain softened ground at, Carlisle, I don't, I don't think the ground. I mean, the ground's not going to be as soft as this horse probably likes, but it's going to head in that direction. There's rain about. Um, it's going to be. You know, I, I wouldn't say you're going to get quick ground anywhere this weekend, but I thought Skycutter just looked really good last time and um, was pumped up six pounds. But I think this horse could, could head head up the handicap. And Tristan Darrell taking three pounds off again. I think Skycutter is going to be bang involved in this. I thought that was the the one. I probably have um, kind of a, a a point each way on <coughs> Skycutter. At, <coughs> sorry, at fifteen to two. But I probably have a small saver on last year's winner Benson, um, the top weight, got big weight at twelve stone. But um, my, my immediate thoughts of dispelling him um, because of the hike in the weights. Um, I, I kind of look back and I, I was looking at when he won last year and one off a mark of 134. He's, he's only up to 139. He's off the same mark that he, he ran really well at Musselboro last time behind Affidil, uh, having previously won at, won, won at the track of 136. And it didn't seem like the hugest of hikes. And he's just in great form. Sandy Thompson team in great form. I know he's got 12 stone. I just could see him running really well. And I thought he'd be a little bit shorter than the kind of 12 to 1 freely available. And with the five and six places, I thought if you can get, you know, for example, Bet365, 12 to 1, six places, I'd be, I'd, be, I'd be very surprised if Benson isn't in the six, if not closer. So I'd probably play those two. I'd play Skycutter at 15 to 2, and I'd play Benson at 12s. And I think you should have something in the mix. Got a small field at 325 over three miles for a listed race. Just the seven, but it looks pretty tricky here. There's a few good old favourites in there as well. The likes of I Wright, who's 11 these days. Elvis Mail, who's 10. Thunder Rocks run a lot better after being pulled up at Cheltenham when lots of things went wrong. Manila Drama's in there as well. And Monbeg Genius is probably going to be the favourite for John Joe O'Neill Jr. And indeed senior as well uh, how did you see this it's tricky there's only seven in it but there's a few that wouldn't surprise if they came out and won it is a a, a trappy uh, affair and Mongbeg genius is um the horse that that's obviously favorite and really interesting we haven't seen much of him this campaign um but now the grand national weights are out um they can roll back their sleeves and, and get going with him um this is a horse um it's a bit like um, 
um, cloth cap that the stable had all those years. Who, who won this race en route to the Grand National where he went our favourite and obviously didn't get the job done. Um, I think because I tipped him, that's why he got pulled up. Um, but uh, Monbeau Genius is cut from a similar cloth. Good, haven't seen him since a good third in the old Hennessy, the, the Coral Trophy. And he looks like he's been building again towards a Grand National campaign. I thought they might use the ultimate handicap at Cheltenham. And they still, he holds an entry in that. Uh, if things don't go well here, they could easily go via the Ultima. Um, he's just a bit short. He's, he's kind of six to four with Hills, which it just feels a bit skinny uh, in, in a race that contains a lot of good old boys like I Wright and Elvis Mayle and even Thunder Rock. It just it feels like a, a slightly harder assignment for him than the market suggests it is. Um, I would probably, if I had to have a bet in the race, I probably won't, but if I had to have a bet in the race, I would probably lean more towards I Wright um, than Monbeau Genius. On marks alone, he's kind of five pounds well in um, against I Wright, because, you know, I, against Monbeau Genius, because I Wright's rated 152 and Monbeau Genius is rated 147. So if this is a handicap, um, I Wright have five pounds more than Monbeau Genius, but they both carry 11 stone two. And I Wright comes here on the back of a really good run at Warwick behind Sam Brown in that, that yes. competitive. Um, competitive kind of Warwick race, um, veterans race. Um, I write to simple, gets in a rhythm, gets bouncing up front. Um, I just thought he might take some reeling in and look, Mombe genius. Um, is he going to be fully wound up for this? Is he going to be totally, um, you know, firing on all cylinders with the Grand National being, being his main aim. I'm not sure. I think they would have left a bit off him and I thought, yeah, if I had to play in the race, I'd far rather play I write at 130 than I would Mongbed Genius at 64. And let's go to Doncaster then, Saturday afternoon. Good to soft there. They're going at the moment. Looks like it's going to be pretty much that way as well. ITV turn up at 235, so their third race of the day. Extended two-mile handicap chase. Another small field, the seven. On public goes in here. Henry Brook rides. Won two in a row, Weatherby and Cheltenham, and then finished second behind Persian Time in a race at Ascot in December. I haven't seen on public for 71 days. Taking on Tommy's Oscars, a nine-year-old these days for Anne Hamilton's yard. And uh, an even older horse in there as well, Nuba Negra, who's 10 for Dan and Harry Skelton, who I don't seem to be able to get right. He's not getting any younger. He's probably not getting much better either. Uh, and he's rated 155. So how did you see this one? Well, I, I described a race earlier as trappy, but I think this is probably the trappiest of them all uh, in terms of the Saturday TV fair. I think this is really hard. Um, there's a couple of horses that have been out of form that show glimmers last time to suggest they're on the way back. And they're headed by number one, Nuba Negra, the horse that you mentioned, uh, who's just fallen a bit below top class of of late. He was a horse that I, I fancied in champion chases in, in years gone by. Um and that just didn't quite work out for him. He missed out on one on, on the year. I felt he had a massive chance. Um, I think back in 22, rolling into 20, uh, where year was the 22 um, year. Uh, he was a non-runner um, because the ground had gone soft. He was best fresh. They kept him fresh for it. They didn't run him up. They left him off to the Tingle Creek. Mm. <clears throat> like these big gaps and good ground was always the kind of the target for him. And since then, he's just lost the lost the 
a bit of his old razzmatazz. He was pulled up in the champion chase last year and was third to John Bond um, back in the Schleur chase and then beaten out of sight in the on heavy ground in the Tingle Creek where he was last of the four there. And a bit better over Christmas, showed a bit of signs of life at, um, in the Desert Orchid and, again, didn't a tiny bit better at Cheltenham last time. Um in the race that Jean Bon fluffed his lines behind Alexia Donuts, but he travelled fairly strongly as he always does and didn't find much. He's just a horse who's better fresh. And whether this again is is um, um, an, a, a kind of an afterthought and that they're just kind of pot hunting, but he's got his pieces on for the first time. I, I, he's one of these horses I wouldn't be surprised if he won, but he wouldn't necessarily carry my money because I just think they would be better just leaving, backing off him fully and going to Aintree or something. I don't know quite what I'd do if I was in their situation, but he's just in that impossible territory where he's rated 155 and here they are in handicap company trying to give lumps of weight to other horses. Um, the other one that showed glimmers of, of, of coming back was Melistic. And Melistic would be the call just on prices for me because he's 13 to 2 and Nuba Negra's 3 to 1 or 100 to 30. And Melistic's a horse uh, for Peter Niven, who's been amongst the winners in the, in the, in the last few weeks, which is, which is always a good sign. But ran really well here at Donny last time behind Gabriel's getaway on decent ground. And if the ground is decent, it's a kind of replication of what, what he was doing before. That was off a mark of 146 and here is he's only nudged up a pound higher um but he is one off 147 last spring um at air and just seems to be coming back <laughs> one one at donny in january and there was just there's just glimmers of 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 melistic coming back to form and off a, off a decently run race which i think this will be with a with a with some pace in it i, I just thought he'd go well uh, at 13 to 2 and i'd chance him Three ten at Doncaster is over an extended three miles, and it's for the mares. It's a novice hurdle, field of eleven. Luna Discovery goes for James Moffat. She's been second twice in a row, having won twice up at Hexham. We've got the likes of Gay Legacy in there for Tom Simmons, who won last time out over three miles at Newbury, and uh, the Crawford team come from Ireland with Ottazini who was a winner at Musselburgh on her recent visit there, what, 28 days ago. He's back for more. Is she back for more as well? I thought this was this was a, a, another hard contest. Um, three miles. More competitive, I think, than the market implies. Um, I, I thought that um, Lunar Discovery was the obvious one, but pretty short um, for... for Charlotte Jones, um, Ottazini, Gay Legacy, you can make a, a case for. Um, it wasn't really a race that I had the strongest of opinions on. Um, if I had to play it, I would probably lean towards the skeleton horse on the back of a wind up. Um, Lightning Marlowe was a horse that that won his point to point and then went to Hereford uh, first time of asking at the beginning of the year. And um, Won a, won a maiden hurdle pretty nicely and disappointed at Warwick a few weeks later. And I thought the runner come too quick um, when, when he's beaten at odds on, but has actually had his wind done and had a bit of a, she's had her wind done and had a bit of a break since then. Um, look, she, she whether that's worked, we don't know. But when I looked at this race, I thought she'd be a lot shorter and she's freely available at 10s. And 
look, it's one of those races. I'd rather be on her chancing the fact that the wind operation has worked um, than I would some of the ones towards the top of the market. Uh, of the top three, I would probably be more in the gay legacy camp on prices. But no, if I had to have a bet in this race, I would definitely go lightning mile each way at 10s. But the market will tell you a lot more, but I thought 10 to 1 was big. Finally, at Doncaster, it is the Grimthorpe Handicap Chase at 340, three and a quarter miles for this one. I know you looked at this during the week in the City AM column that you put up on Wednesday. We'll speak about the horse that you, you fancy in a moment. Some scope's gone up in the weights, though, hasn't he? He's about three to one, hundred to 30, which looks pretty short. I know he's in good form for Richard Hobson. It's won his last two at Catrick and Donny. But from 115 to 125, that's asking a little bit. We've got under supervision in there for Twist and Davis Yard. Own River is in there, Java Point. And the horse that you hoped would go here was double entered. Certainly Red is going to the Grimthorpe for Lydia Richards. And that's the horse that you fancied earlier on in the week. What are your thoughts now near the race? Even more. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a big price. It's 10, 10 to 1. I, 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 I'll tell you the logic behind that. I mean, look, some scope will take a, a fair bit of beating. And um, this is a horse of Richard Hobson's, who was an impressive winner at the track here over th- over three miles um, back on, in January. Uh, that was off a of mark 115. 10 pounds higher, but just shapes like 10 pounds when I stopped in that day, but it was, was seven and a half lengths too good for the ferry master. And wouldn't want too much rain to arrive if there is rain. He's been a non-runner on every time the ground's gone soft, but um, as one on on good to soft ground prior to that, off a mark of 110. But look, up to mark of 125, it's it's not going to be an easy assignment. But with Gavin Sheehan booked to ride, ten stone four, everything, every box is ticked, as it were. But just skinny priced under to 30, and if he wins, let let him win. Um, his danger on paper, according to the market, is under supervision uh, for the Twist and Davis team. Nigel and Sam uh, teeing up for a horse that's back down to a mark of one three four. So he's he's getting back towards a, a level of of a mark where he's um, he can be competitive. But um, he's been in around the mark of like one three two to one three six for at least ten or twelve runs now, and he's been pulled up on three of his last four runs. So a bit of a leap of faith there. Um, he's he's short enough. Um, Earn River, I'm not sure if he's man enough for a race like this. He might well be. Java Point bounce back. Um, no, certainly Red. Um, I like the fact that he was in the veterans chase. I thought he'd actually go there at, at um, Newbury, um, but I liked him to chance his arm in this race um primarily because he, he he was really unlucky at sandown last time he was well found in the market um but he was unlucky in that three miles was probably on the short side he's one of these horses where three six of the kind of um on three miles four and a half of of uh, the old bet 365 gold cup stretched him a bit um last year off a mark of 142 here he is off 135 uh and a trip that I think is perfect. Three miles two. I think the track will suit. Um, he's got bits and pieces of form here that put him right in in, in the mix, including the the second to Java point last time. Um, he's off that same mark one three five. I just think he's a good stayer. Um, he began the season off one forty when he was fourth to Blackjack Magic at Wincanton. That was a really good run. Um, 
ground trip, everything seems right. I just think a double-figure price is really fair enough. I could see him running really well, and he was the selection at the beginning of the week, and he will be the selection at the end of the week. I think he's got a very strong chance at 10 to 1. Okay, and finally, we go to the new brief for a couple of races, and you mentioned the veterans handicap, Chase. It is the first race of the day there at one twenty. Now, certainly Red's not going there. He's going to Donny instead. They run over three and a quarter miles here, a field of nine. And uh, obviously we know these because they're all veterans. We've got Copperhead, who's 10 for Joe Tizard, who's had a couple of winners recently. Uh, this horse has been third three times in a row. So is he not quite getting there? Although he's probably up against it at his age, up against uh, younger horses when he's running in those kind of races. Highland Hunter is 11. Fergal O'Brien. Omar Moretti goes for Alex Hales. Fortescue is 10 for Henry Daly. Same as Omar Moretti. Commodore is a 12-year-old for Venetia Williams. Uh, these old veteran races, they're great. It gives them a chance to win again, doesn't it? certainly does and um this is going to be a proper grueling test uh and you 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 know, just just tread carefully here because this isn't going to be easy from a punting point of view um highland hunter and copperhead are towards the top of the market and as is omar moretti who won last time but didn't necessarily hold hold his form um i thought this race was was it was worth having a chance on Fortescue, um, 13 to 2 in a few places. Uh, ha Harry Cobden steps in to replace uh, Mr. Nugent, and that is a fair jockey upgrade without being, being too, too mean to him. And he's just a horse that is effective on really bad ground, stays further than this, which I think you'll need to do. And his pilot may just get a bit of improvement. And I think Fortescue is going to run really well. So that he would be the main pick at around 13 to 2. But I'd also have a saver right at the bottom on Amateur, the complete outsider uh, at 25 to 1. Ha having had his win done, um, he's he's trained trained um, by John Flint. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he's just very effective when the mud flies over extreme distances. And he's now down to a mark of 125. Um, very effective one at Newbury uh, you know it'll be a long time ago uh, he's got form at the track uh, on bad ground over this trip um, I just thought if the wind operation has helped him it will it will definitely breathe him into into contention in, in a race like this um, yeah I just it's, it's one of those races I just prefer to dabble at the bottom of the market rather than the, the top of the market because I think you could play play a few uh, you know horses like Cyclop aren't out of it you know these 20 to 1 and amateur 25 to 1 I'd far rather be with them and Fortescue than, than towards the top of the market but tread carefully small stakes but yeah main selection there would be Fortescue each way at 13 to 2 with a bit of a saver on amateur at 25 and the second race at Newbury is the 155 two and a half miles bet Victor Greatwood Gold Cup handicap chase field of nine I know you feature this quite heavily in your anti-post column earlier on in the week. And there was a couple you liked here each way, Bill Baxter and Can Do Kid, who are both still in the race, which is always good news. Uh, Nichols trains Can Do Kid, doesn't he? And uh, it's Warren Greatrix, the trainer of Bill Baxter. What were your thoughts on picking those two out earlier on this week? 
my main fancy would be Bill Baxter. Um, we did put Candu Kid up. I mean, he was at eight to one at the beginning of the week, but now Harry Cobden rise. That price has, has shortened. Paul Nichols has won virtually every renewal of this since 1857. So he, he's just had a strong grip on the contest. And uh, his Candu Kid looks, you know, to, to be the obvious one for him. Um, when we wrote this on, on Tuesday, it, it, the ground wasn't going to be as bad as it is, and, and the ground would be a, a, a tiny bit of a concern with Candu Kid. I mean, he's he's back to two and a half, having not really seen out the three, but two and a half on bad ground might actually help him. But um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's much value value now at, at the current current prices. Um, but I'd say Candu um, Kid um, is is probably a yeah, I wouldn't be as keen as I was earlier in the week. Um, Bill Baxter, on the other hand, I think is the one that's still massively overpriced. <clears throat> He's a horse who um, most people remember with him winning at Aintree last year, uh, the the old Topham chase. He won that off a mark of 133, and his mark has slid down to 135 with a fair few runs in here that suggests he can be competitive. I mean, you'd like to see Warren Gracious' yard in slightly better form than they're in, and that is a niggling concern. Um, but I've been in this game long enough to realise that if you get put off horses because of stable form, um, the whole time it can... It can, it can um, can be the road to ruin, really. And you know, having having said all the stuff I said about the Nicky Henderson team, it sounds a bit hypocritical. But what I'm saying with this is that one Greatrix doesn't necessarily have the firepower that that Nicky Henderson would have. So when Nicky Henderson has good horses that pull up, um, you can you can take more read more into the fact that the the stable are out of form. But when you look at the kind of Greatrix stream, they just might not have a terrific string. A little bit like Kim Bailey's form. People who tell me how bad Kim Bailey's form is but he might not just have the quality of horses that can go and win these races he had a second earlier in the week um but looking at at the great tricks horse here bill baxter just he was fourth to famous bridge at haydock over three miles and one and a half on really bare ground and carried 12 stone that day and that was a sloggers race and you know he, he just weakened out of it two out he was right bang there three out and I think if he's if he's produced in the same form here, um, I think he's really competitive. I can just see him going really well. I like him, Bill Baxter. I think I think he'll go well uh, in a wide open race. But yeah, I'll stick with Bill Baxter. So let's have a look what's happening on Sunday morning from five o'clock. Shatin Racecourse. In Hong Kong, I'm sure there's some great races to look forward to. And Wally Pirate will find us a few winners this weekend as well. As per usual, Wally, what we're we looking forward to this Sunday at Sha Tin? Well, again, it's 10 races on Sunday. It starts at that uh, awful hour of 5 o'clock in, in the morning. Um, includes... As I say, 10 races. It includes a couple on the all-weather surface. Um, and I have to highlight, there's a red-hot Class 2 extended mile handicap at 6 o'clock on Ford. That's for the early birds. And it features the likes of the All, St. Paul, all for St. Paul's, Mr. Ascendancy, last start winner, Alacrity, disappointing, should have won. You've got the once top dirt horse, in the territory, youthful deal that has been well below par this season. And you've got a new kid on the block, but up in class Addyfield, 
um, whose career whose career uh, record on this surface reads five wins and um, seven times in the frame from twelve starts. So all in all, it's a pretty interesting race. But you've got to be a a real big horse racing enthusiast if you can get up a uh, what is it six o'clock in the morning. Um, now let's have a look at the feature race on Sunday. It's the Hong Kong Classic Mile. It's run over nine furlongs, and its post time is 8.05, so a, a, a better hour to be having a cup of tea and a slice of toast while watching the race. This is the second leg of the prestigious classic four-year-old series. I mean, this series, uh, there's three races worth over £5 million, pounds, so you can see it's quite, it's quite a big deal in Hong Kong. Um, it started in early February with the, um, the mile race, is now we're now come to the cup on Sunday, and you get the climax, which is the BMW Derby, which is run over 10 furlongs at the end of March. And we'll obviously be talking about that in a few weeks' time. Now, you've got the John Size trainee Helios Helios Express, who's the dominant force of the four year olds racing this season. He's won three of his four races, all of impressive fashion including the classic mile with Bowman aboard last start. And he's going to be a short price in this contest on Sunday, and quite rightly so. The official handicapper rates him £7 above his nearest rival of the 14 runners, which is a Helene feeling with Burton aboard. But the $64,000 question is, well, at least to me, is will he stay? Um, his family were all best racing on distances up to and including a mile, but nothing more. I mean, he looks visually as if he will stay the trip, and um, especially with Bowman riding quietly in it. But there's always got to be a slight doubt, I think so anyway, especially with the price he's probably going to go off at. Um, the opposition includes his stable companion, Ensured, who has got the, the plus with Ryan Moore aboard, a winner of three of his five career starts, all over nine and ten furlongs, and who has the prime target of the derby in three weeks' time. Now, the fact that Moore picked this horse or asked John Size to ride this horse in the Hong Kong derby on International Week in December suggests he should be closely watched. Maybe nine furlongs is not his best trip, Ten furlongs will be, but he certainly needs to be watched and surely will go close. Other opposition includes Starmac. Now, he recently belied his low rating. I mean, he's rated £33 behind um, Helios Express by the official ratings. Um, but he dashed home third behind Helios Express in the mile. Remember, that was a level weights race. And the fitting of blinkers... And Karis Teton aboard is a plus. And um, David Hayes, his trainer, has been particularly bullish about his chances in the, uh, the lead-up to this race. You've got other horses like Chil Chibi, dear old Chil Chibi. First try at Shartin, did suffer a setback after his last race. But all his four wins have come at Happy Valley. And probably his prime target, if he is going to go for it, will be the Derby later in the month. Fallon, Tony Cruz, the horse that comes from miles behind, is sure to love this distance, but 
was a bit disappointing in the Classic Mile. And, of course, this Speed Dragon. Now, I spoke about Speed Dragon when he ran in the mile. He's got Mikel Barcelona riding it. He was unlucky in the Classic Mile. He was twice impeded in the closing stages. He finished fourth, but with a clear run, he certainly would have finished considerably closer. In fact, he's a horse that always seems to suffer. Uh, when I say bad luck, he does seem to suffer. It never, never gets a, an easy run in any of his races. If he does, I'm sure he will go really close. He's bred to love this trip and probably at the Derby trip as well. So to me, if I was going to play, I'd have an each way, each way play on him. Now, let's have a look. Some of the support, there's some, some strong supporting races. You've got the Class 2 Rutland Handicap over the straight five furlongs at 8.40. Features some of the quickest speedsters in the city. You'll know, as I say, regular Hong Kong racing enthusiasts will know these horses like Duke Y, Adios, Wizkid. Uh, the striking, well, I say it looks white now. It is grey, but Ping Eye Galaxy, who I might just put as on the side, did a really, really impressive trial. I know you shouldn't take trial form literally, but he did trial very good recently. Um, Galaxy Patch is an interesting one. He, he races here as a prep for his assignment in, I believe, next week's group, um, group class, Silver Jubilee up over seven furlongs so it's interesting he's racing over the minimum trip should be too quick but they'll be going at blistering a pace and you can certainly expect him to be finishing quick the horse i quite like if i was had to have been called on um to, uh, push to have a play in the race is invisible sage with bowman aboard three-time course and distance winner unfortunately he's another one that will need everything to go right because Bowman will sit there with a double handful behind a wall of horses, and if he gets the break, he'll shoot through, and it'll be a typical Hugh Bowman ride, but he will need luck. But a great race to watch. And then finally, just before we go, I have to I give a mention here to a horse called Massive Sovereign, who makes his debut in the 10 furlong handicap at 9.15. Now, this horse was formerly known as Broadhurst when he was a two-time winner for Aidan Aiden O'Brien and Bally Doyle. He's come over to the terror, um, uh, come over to the city. It's a big ask for him to win first up, but his trial form has been particularly encouraging, especially to me. And, and I mean, there was one trial against behind Romantic Warrior on the turf over a mile, which looked good. Interesting. Purton, who's ridden him in both his um in his last two trials, stays loyal to him and rides him on uh Sunday, which to me seems quite strange that he would ride a first up over ten furlongs in a competitive handicap for Dennis Ship. But nevertheless, he's really worth watching. He does face stiff opposition like what we got here, simple uh I can't remember, simple hedge, that's it, simple hedge. Um, the progressive Casper Founds Galliber Noble Pursuit and a couple of improving four-year-olds, Devildom and Enigma. I won't say he'll win, but he's most certainly worth keeping an eye on. And if the market is short, is shorter than he should be, he's worth keeping, as I say, keeping on side.
Thanks, Wally. Good luck with those selections. Racing from Hong Kong is on Sky Sports Racing from 5 o'clock on Sunday morning, as per usual. Well, that's all from us for today. We'll be back again next week as we take our usual look ahead to the weekend's top racing action. So please make sure you join us then. Not long now to our daily previews for the Cheltenham Festival of the week of that fantastic meeting. Don't forget to visit the City AM website for all the latest news and horse racing tips and follow the podcast on Apple Tunes, Spotify, Amazon Music and Stitcher to get the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Have a great weekend. Bye for now.